Hello, and welcome to the Dis Dump Podcast. I'm your host, Miles Trout. All October long, my guests and I will be talking about the Masters of Horror Collection, Season 1. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be spooked. Well, most of these movies aren't very good, so I don't think you'll get too, too spooked. But I hope you like the podcast. Well, listeners, you've made it. It's Halloween. I hope you guys are having a good day. And today on the podcast, I am joined by Matt and Matt from the Kickstart with Matt and Matt. How you fellas doing? We're we're doing. I'm doing we're, good. We're doing spooky is what we're doing. As spooky as can be. Every night to me that's, is Halloween. That's, that's right, baby. That's what I say when I have my face painted, at least. <laughs> when I'm getting paid for it, that's what I say. That's right. When I'm getting paid, every night's Halloween. <laughs> I'll say anything you want me to say. <laughs> want me to call your sister-in-law ugly? That's right. No problem. Hand you want me to call your sister-in-law over. Halloween? You got it. <laughs> I call her on Halloween. That's right. So yeah, it's Halloween, mm-hmm. and uh, we watched the movie John Carpenter's Cigarette Burns. Yes, I know very well about cigarette burns. Yes, I you ha- do. I get them all the time, <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> yep, just waiting, waiting for that house fire. You know, that's right. I sleep I, in bed. I do it on purpose. I, sl- I fall asleep in bed while I'm smoking. Keep my ashtray on next to my pillow next Luckily, to Luckily, you've got one of those astronaut blankets. I do, yeah. <laughs> it basically cooks me like a hot pocket. <laughs> I had my bed catch on fire three times. Yep. And John Carpenter was there every time, and he was like, what are you doing? This is not what I meant. Copyright infringement. <laughs> my lawyers will be speaking to you. <laughs> so um, how, how did this movie start? Do you guys remember? It's been a little bit since you watched it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, it, so I think it kicks off with Norman Reedus pulling up to the big old mansion, right? Isn't like yeah, that's yeah. that's like little the initial baby Norman Reedus. That's right, little Norman, little Norman Reedus. Little Normie. We all know him as the old survivor of like countless seasons of a show that's dead as dead as the fucking antagonist. Absolutely, but, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and he's looking more more like a wild animal than anything at this point. <laughs> but in this, it's yeah. it's really nice to see him looking young and like because he really. I mean, he's a good actor. That's going to be like kind of my my persistent theme here is that I felt like Norman Reedus really carried this. Yes, for sure. And, like, I don't know, he just, what did he say? John Carpenter was talking about him, and he was just like, yeah, this is this guy's up and coming, but he's going to get to the top. I'm pretty sure this guy's got it. And look at where we are now. He's on The Walking Dead. There That's you go. That he made it. not die. He's universally yeah. beloved. There you go. And they won't yeah. kill him. In fact, they're, they're doing a spinoff of him. Yep. Like, <laughs> when they end The Walking Dead, which is their plans the next season, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, he's... John Carpenter's got an eye for talent. I'll tell you, he's got an eye for a lot of things, and the other eye doesn't isn't open. <laughs> it's glaucoma. We'll talk about yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that later. It's it's definitely has something to do with cigarette burns as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows a thing or two about cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes and horror. That's his forte. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, he he looks like just a bag of John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little little did he know that Body Bags was a, a future autobiography. <laughs> For sci-fi and horror at the same time. Yep. He's he's all of John Carpenter but stuffed in an old trash bag. Right. <laughs> so he uh, Norman Reedus pulls up to this house and he's greeted by a, a fancy Asian man 
who brings him in. Oh, and, uh, he's my favorite. Do you know what that actor's name is? The the German dude who's in every horror movie between 2000 and 2010? He is in every goddamn thing, and I can't recall his actual name. Well, it's not Sylvester Stallone. I know that much, so we can cross him <laughs> off the list. He was like number six on the possibilities. We'll cross that off. We can move forward. Dolph Lundgren, probably not, so we can cross that off the list, too. We can just do this deduction process just, until yeah. you pull it's, it's IMDb. It's not Apollo Creed. Uh, I believe... It's not a Um His name, I think, is Hudo Akir, something like that. Yeah, that, sound that sounds right. Akir. That sounds about right. Yeah, he's got. A, he has a weird name, and I think that's why I can't recall it off the top of my head. But we're gonna go with Hudo. Hudo. I like it. Hudo. Yeah. Hudo. Yeah. Hudo. 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 Hell is that? Hudo. Who that? Hulo. Hudo. Who that? Yeah. This movie is shrouded in mystery, and the number one thing is, what the fuck is that guy's name? That's it. That's right. It's the biggest um, twist. There's, like, a lot of intrigue at the beginning, and I've watched this movie, like, 200 times. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys, like, he walks Norman in and take it away. What happens? I thought it was pre was really great in, in establishing its concept in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. He takes him into his private like collection room, and this is a Hudo is a <laughs> is a uh, movie buff that's very uh, very enmeshed in the super rare, hard to come by cinema. Uh, he's like the biggest movie nerd of all time. Yeah. I, obviously a reflection or, of John Carpenter himself. Yeah. Oh. And uh, yeah, a lot of self-aggrandizing in this movie. <laughs> Just and, <a> tad. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he has uh, brought Norman Reedus to his lovely, scary, creepy mansion home yes. to uh, enlist his, his professional services as a finder of very rare footage because Norman Reedus is a connoisseur as well. Or a librarian. We're not sure yet. He might just be a librarian, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he definitely knows co like coding and organizing and sorting. Yeah, the decimal system. It's I found written it, all over his face. I yeah. did find it kind of weird that he was enlisting this one guy who's like, his job is like, I'm a rare film hunter. <laughs> like, can't you take an ad for this out in Craigslist or something? Like, like how, how, how well do you do? But being a rare film hunter, how yeah. how rare are there f films out there that you? And how do you not have them all already? Right, I, you know. I mean, almost any. This is the time of the internet, right? This is the age of the internet when this movie was made, like two thousand five. We're yeah, we're 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 dancing on the edge. So there's a possibility you could Google uh, pretty much whatever you needed to find. Now, <laughs> I guess he just needed a man who was like willing to put himself in at in any p place or position or actually travel to find this shit. This is it. But he tasks Norman Reedus with a finding this film that was thought to be in the zeitgeist completely destroyed and it's it has a singular copy that was completely destroyed mm -hmm. because of the like terror and fucking chaos Madness, yeah. that has yeah that it brought to the audience in its screening mm -hmm. so that's kind of the setup there right which it, it's, it's, it's very called la it's called la fin absolue du monde which stands for the absolute end of the world yep yeah talk about a, a dramatic title yes. for that <laughs> just to get you just to get your ears perked up just in case we, we just wanted to bury the lead a little bit right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just it's only the absolute end of the world and all things that you no know. No big deal. No big deal. Just put it on the shelf next to the eighty other snuff films that you have. <laughs> Which is, yeah, essentially that's what it is, anyways. Yeah. yeah. 
but that was I thought that was kind of a cool thing where it's like this is a movie that you know it, it, it instilled insanity but then they fucking re- jack it up another notch mm-hmm. where he's like I know this film exists out there and I'll tell you why because there's a motherfucking angel that's in the movie yeah which uh, is preceded foreshadowed by these giant ants angel wings on the back behind his like desk chair yeah. I guess he does his like office work behind these severed angel wings yeah, really. <laughs> stink or anything they no no it's only the dead it. flesh yeah. of a d- divine creature that's right yeah <laughs> probably smells like perfume actually right exactly it's it's heavenly yeah and they, that guy was so creepy looking that angel he's got him so he he opens a door and there's an angel there chained up and he's and basically it's implied i thought this was smart that it's implied that like this angel can't go anywhere because of the film still exists here on earth mm-hmm. and you're like as the audience you're, you're like with norman Reedus, and you're like what the absolute fuck am i like getting into right now is that the yellow guy from sin city yeah like, is, that, what, <laughs> is that big yellow bastard where's bruce willis <laughs> Bruce Willis. <laughs> somebody call him he's got another diehard but he's got time come That's on right get yeah. down here bruce get some downtime but yeah it's it's it doesn't what i find surprising is that it doesn't dissuade norman Reedus in the least bit he's just like, like, all right cool yeah, oh, no, whatever. No. Yeah, hey, this. and I love how you got that rotating platform, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, like he's like he's a vase or something on display. The one thing I want to see is a nauseous, wingless angel. Right. That's what, that's, yeah, that's what really motivates my journeys. This, is, in fact, is the only thing that I'm okay with uh, when it comes to it, it, I I need my money and I need to see a naked wingless rotating angel <laughs> two requirements if you check both of those boxes i'll find your film i was like does he have to feed him or i was like i can only come so many times yeah exactly right yeah yeah <laughs> so the the angels spinning around on that thing and the for the low 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 price of two hundred thousand dollars yeah he's going to hunt down a film that drives people crazy it makes them riot in the theater and cut each other open and shit. He's like, 200K? That'll do it. We, we immediately so, were like, he is selling himself way short. Are way you? Short. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Something that is extremely rare, potentially the only one in existence. $200,000. You can't even buy a nice house for it's that price. It's not the 1940s. <laughs> you know, right. inflation has happened several times. At this point, you're barely covering your airfare and hotel stays <laughs> if this takes you longer than a week. Right, exactly. <laughs> and who knows how long it could take. I mean, $200,000 is yeah. not going to... Co- it could have took him months to find this thing, yeah, or years. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, I guess he wouldn't be that good if he couldn't find it in a reasonable amount of time. But that is such an insult from a man who has a, a creepy mansion with goddamn angel wings hanging on the on the right. wall and a Chinese manservant. Exactly. Okay? Oh, he was the best. You can afford this. He was the best. Yeah. And he didn't even he he offered him a hundred thousand first. Yes. Norman Reedus yep. was like, no, no, no. 200,000. <laughs> oh, wait. Step aside. I know how to bargain. 200,000. Hudo was just like, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not worth it for Hudo. I don't know if I can and, afford uh, I have to tap into my 401k, but like, I, think, I do have yeah. the rarest creature ever known to man rotating on this vase display that I have here in this room. Yeah. But, oh, it's a little I, rich for my blood. I, I don't guess. Know. I guess the angel can pick up his second shift over at Ollie's. <laughs> yeah, I put him to work. 
I don't, I don't let a good asset just sit there and not make money. He's got to do the warehouse work, though, because he can't go in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> He's super pale. Yeah, yeah, he is super pale. Yeah, instantly burns. <laughs> yeah. Instantly burns. So the reason that he wanted $200,000 is because that's exactly as much as he owes his ex-father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Because I don't... When do they reveal it? They pretty much reveal it right away that he gave them $200,000 to buy a movie theater and they were shooting smack all kinds of like all over the place they were shooting smack mm-hmm. and then his girlfriend committed suicide she didn't overdose she committed suicide yeah, yeah i found that to be and, surprising too yeah. <laughs> i'm like they're they're like you know heroin addicts that what she did i thought for sure she overdosed right but i was like what yeah, she should have yeah. yeah what the hell and and what guilt that you must feel to be like my you know your life's so bad you have this rich dad and this <laughs> boyfriend who does heroin with you all day and you still killed yourself yeah jesus christ yeah it's time to end it all that was pretty rough so like she she gone and then he like still owes that dude two hundred thousand dollars so he didn't even like budget out taking the trips and everything like you said no but he also didn't budget out any profit at no. all no no he just wanted to pay the dude right you don't so, need any money no <laughs> money's, so money's for big... suckers <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to big fat projectionist Mm-hmm. And he's cutting all the cigarette burns out of the films, and the one that he's watching is uh, Dario Argento film. Mm-hmm. So he, that guy, also did a Masters of Horror, so it was kind of like a head nod to him. Yep. Oh, nice. But, okay. Um, uh, Matt Suter, I feel like you can probably concisely explain what cigarette burns are in film. I feel like that's your strength right there. Really? You don't know? Well, uh, <laughs> celluloid is uh, highly flammable. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and in the italian countryside everybody smokes <laughs> so you put those two things together you got yourself a cigarette burn on film you think the california wildfires are bad that's right you've never been to italy that's right <laughs> back Step in the film days Venice back in this heyday i mean have you ever seen cinema paradiso you know you know it's all flames you know it it's all in flames none of it's in english <laughs> That guy Dr. was. Vossi, do you know what the, the cigarette burns are? Yes, and it's all thanks to the uh, the friendly guy who was helping Norman Reedus at the theater. That's he, right. He's like he was like the MVP at this moment because he actually created like his lines create the the biggest suspense in the film that I thought mm-hmm. was the most interesting concept. The cigarette burns are not. I don't even know if they're necessarily literally cigarette burns, right? But they're markings on the celluloid that are that tell the projectionist that they're about to change the uh, the reel the over role, to yeah. the next mm-hmm. reel because obviously like they're you know dealing with film physical media so when they do that uh this the cigarette burn it when it pops up the projectionist knows that and more philosophically but the audience is aware that things are about to change and never be the same again so mm-hmm. he's so he puts it but essentially it's it's a tool you know to to notice that changes are about to happen right and this is crucial to the actual telling of the story it gets it gets meta at this point in yeah. the film Okay, so yeah, that's what cigarette burns are. So, uh, projectionist apparently his hobby is to take them out of films. Yeah, um, yeah he's an anarchist, so, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm the I'm Tyler Durden. Things, <laughs> things just end suddenly. Yeah. Oh no! The, the, all he's doing is making it harder for the projectionist to find the fucking where they real ends. Fucking maniac. Yep. What a dickhead that guy is. <laughs> Big fat so, asshole. <laughs> so he. Uh, he happens to uh, know all the answers at the beginning here to, to start off our journey. And he tells Norman Reedus to go and visit 
some guy who wrote a review about the movie they're looking for. And uh, that's, I think, about the time that Norman Reedus starts just seeing cigarette burns. Mm -hmm. Because the closer you get to the film, the more cigarette burns you see. Yes. And uh, so he goes to this reviewer's house, and it looks a lot like Matt Suter's basement. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It fucking does. (laughs) Talk about, yeah, don't ever invite John Carpenter over because you will go up in flames like the the countryside of Italy. Yes, exactly right. (laughs) Yep. He'll smoke one cigarette, and trust me, you'll have a whole new meaning about cigarette burns. (laughs) So, what I mean by that is the whole basement is just full of stacks of paper and it turns out that's his second review he's writing of the movie because the first one just didn't do it justice. Yeah, that cracked me up. Yeah, when he was like, when Norman Reedus was like, "All of this is the review," and it stacks. It looks like a hoarder lives there. Right, just stacks of yeah. paper. He's like, "I'm almost done." <laughs> <laughs> sure, buddy. So uh, the the interviewer gives him uh, recordings of an interview with the director. And in exchange, he says, when you find it, you have to let me see it. And Norman Reedus is like, sure, I totally mm-hmm. will do that mm-hmm. for you, gentleman. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll never see I'll you again. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a series wrap on that guy. We don't see him again. That's He's, right. Yeah, uh, he had to go get it by a toothbrush because he was <laughs> fucking, hell, he had spent all his time reviewing that goddamn movie. He got movie. trapped under pages of his reviews. <laughs> 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 he, he starved to death underneath of his review. I wouldn't be surprised if he couldn't find the door at his house. Just yeah. never left. Yep. Could never get any groceries or anything. That's it. So then comes the part that you guys were talking about where he goes to a random library. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell me about this library, man. I'm so confused because they're supposed to be friends, but we find out some secrets about library, man. What, wow. This was, yeah, this was quite a, a surprise, <laughs> twisty, turny experience here with this relationship. Yeah. This guy's name is Henri because yeah. he's in Paris. Of course. And uh, good old Henry his he's like the i guess like categorizer of like old films and he's it seems like they have this prior relationship where he's his contact and he's like hey you got any leads on this weird shit and i'm guessing that has all been pretty normal and nice over the over the years however when he brings up the end of the world movie he's like uh uh-uh. uh I don't want to do any of that. He's like, you should stay away from it. That's the end of the world. I don't know if you know that or not. (laughs) He's like, by the way, this movie makes people crazy, in case you haven't heard. And everyone keeps reinforcing that point throughout this film. And they're all just like, oh, oh, yeah, it's a scary film. And Norman Reese is like, I know what I'm getting into, goddammit. I got $200,000 riding on the line here. Okay? (laughs) So this, this guy, Henry, is like, he's... Telling Norman Reedus to, to basically fuck off, mm-hmm. and he's like, all right, I got one lead for you, but this guy's crazy, so be careful. Norman Reedus is like, give me the fucking lead. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, t- like time's ticking away, yeah. and I want to fucking get to the words of Act 3 here. Time's ticking away on the infinite amount of time that I have so that I can pay <laughs> off this $200,000 movie theater. <laughs> And for for some reason, that guy, he was a projectionist at one point, and he went to turn it on, and his hand melted. Yes, of course it did. He got got like a duck feet hand. Yeah. He got a little (laughs) web hand. It it burned, but it didn't really burn. It's just kind of, it's almost as if his bones were made of wax, and they sort of (laughs) melted together, because the skin is relatively fine. There's very little marking involved. It's almost as if he's just keeping his fingers together in a perpetual karate chop. Yeah. 
He's just look, yeah. yeah. It, that's how he shuts off the projector. He just chops it. He's just yeah. yeah he he really yeah, likes yeah. saluting because he, yeah. he brings that up. And I love that they hit it in the beginning part of his introduction. Where yeah, his yeah. Hands he's always in, in his little pocket. pocket. Yep. And then he's like, "Well, it did this to me." Oh, oh, oh! Some of the worst effects ever. <laughs> you gotta shake my little one. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, grab my strong hand. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, he connects Norm to this dangerous but connected man who mm-hmm. is definitely like a drug lord kingpin yep. but instead of having like tribal tattoos he has film oh. that wraps around oh, him. this was the most egregious like expression of a character i've ever seen in my life john carpenter smoked a cigarette he's like yep <sighs> the most dangerous people in the world they're surrounded by film <laughs> Just like me, I'm the most dangerous man in the world. <laughs> the only thing dangerous about John Carpenter is his cholesterol level. <laughs> I wonder if he's like, this is the kind of tattoo I'd get. Because it's like a snake, yeah. except it's fucking terribly rendered film yeah it's, like it's real not even well done <laughs> and, yeah it looks like a, like a five-year-old with a marker put this tattoo on this guy oh my but god that, that tattoo is to let you know how serious he was about cinema exactly yes. right and then to really nail it home that he's serious about cinema he cut off norm's taxi driver's head mm-hmm. which was, was that his taxi driver move. i was like yeah. who is this random girl yeah. that's now about to get killed <laughs> yeah I, I didn't notice it the first couple times i watched but it's his taxi driver who has zero lines in the movie her mm-hmm. job is to take the money and get her head chopped off those are her jobs in this film it's so she ticket. gets her head chopped off and uh he sits on norm's lap seductively and is like rubbing his man boobs in mm-hmm. norm's face yeah and I, i'm sure that they could taste each other's gum if they were chewing it absolutely and, yeah. um, then there's a cigarette burn flash and everybody's like throats have been slashed and norman Reedus is just standing up and no longer tied up and fine yeah yeah, that that was not not extremely descript, but I'm get, they're just like allowing the audience, I guess, to make this connection that Norman Reedus is now a homicidal maniac, yeah. and he doesn't really seem to care much that that happened. Like, he's more like, all. I got the upper hand now. I'm happy. I was cool. And like the main bad guy's neck was slit, and he stuck his hand in, and then started yeah. asking the dude questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We're just I'm going to make you talk, gonna make you say what I want He's, you to say. Yeah. He ventriloquism inter- interrogated him. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. He stuck, like he literally jammed his fist into the dude's neck, and he's like, "Tell me where it is." Yeah. Like, oh. Yep. That's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> So eventually he gets a lead on the guy who made the film's wife who like, I mean, you'd think you'd start there. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of going through this whole journey, find that lady. Yeah. Like, and it's not even, it's not really even brought up. I don't think that she's not around or that people don't think she's around. I mean, why wouldn't you just go to her right off the bat and say, hey, you know about this, where this film right. is, maybe? Well, he forgot they were Facebook friends, so oh, once he remembered, that's, that's when it's like, all right, I'm going to shoot her a message. <laughs> Save me some time. So, uh, on his way there in the elevator, he sees his dead girlfriend, and he's like, oh, no, dead girlfriend, you're not real. And the elevator opens in the penthouse, of course, and that's where that lady is. And uh, she, she just has it. 
She just has the movie. Yeah, she's like, she's got you, it. Go, you can have it. I've been, yeah, sitting, yeah. I've been sitting on this. She's like, you know, probably shouldn't watch it because it did drive everyone crazy, but um, go ahead and take it. Yeah, whatever you want to do with it yeah. is fine. Don't even need $100,000 or $200,000. Rare piece of footage. I just don't like it in my house. Yeah. It's weird. Taking up room. <laughs> and like, apparently the guy who made it slit her throat and then killed himself and then she survived. So she has a neck scar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no difficulty talking, but she's just like, here, get this out of my house. You can have it. <laughs> well, that's because uh, he didn't reach his hand into her throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't make her talk. So that's her problem. Healed up perfectly fine. The no moment that she showed up on the screen. And I saw that scarf across her neck. I was like, somebody slit her throat at some point. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, once, once you get to that point in the movie, it's like, okay, this, you know, everything is going to be, you know, the standard sort of thing. And so yeah. if, there's, if there is an out-of-place scarf indoors covering right. up her neck, there's something there. Uh, yeah, they try to hide it with, like, I'm fashionable because I'm from Paris. Yes. But we oui, oui. She didn't have the accent, and that yeah. was the problem. That's exactly, that was a dead giveaway. That's how you knew. That's exactly right. <laughs> So they during that conversation, I guess it's important to note how Norman Reedus was like, you know, I'd like to know about the production of this film. Who produced it? Was yeah. it like Fox? Like obviously he didn't say that. Yeah. But yeah. Like, <laughs> he's he's like, who produced it? And the lady's like, it goes by many names, but I prefer evil. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the devil caught the angel for them to torture on camera, is what she's saying. Right. Yeah, which is funny. I thought it was funny that he's like, "Who's a producer?" Because we all know if you if you're kind of into film at all, producers are meaningless most of the time. Right, exactly. Like who anyone the, can get a who producer. Who was the second grip? Do you know who yeah. the best boy was on this film? <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta know who the key grip was. Was yeah. it Beelzebub? Because <laughs> that just that sound quality is fantastic. Oh, incredible. Who set up Video Village? Was that was that, was that the same guy who did Seinfeld? I think. I think they barred him for that this was, film. Yeah, and they, yeah. he's actually he's from the sixth circle of hell. Yeah, yeah. But so, it's well known that Seinfeld's video village was placed in the he's sixth Jewish. circle. Of hell. He doesn't believe in hell. It's all Sheol. That's, he's yeah. in hell, yeah. but he doesn't acknowledge it, so he doesn't know that he's suffering. That's right. <laughs> so he goes back to Hudo's house, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, this Hudo is my favorite him, part. Hudo hands him a check. He hands Hudo the film, and he's like deuces, and he just gets in the car and leaves. And gives them the exact right amount of time to watch the movie before he comes back. Of course. Yep. Yep. Um, there's a lot of bullshit of like, oh, I'm at the theater. Why is it locked? Oh, no. And then he has to go back. So he goes back to Hudo's. All oh, right, because the dad is like there and he's harassing him. Chasing him around. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to. Yeah, he's like, I want you to leave me alone. The dad's yelling at Norman Reedus. And then yet he follows him around all over the place. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I, I decided I don't really want my money anymore today. Yeah. I just want to shoot you. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, uh, well, I went through this hell just to get you this $200,000 because yeah. I'm not thinking about myself. All I'm thinking about is you. I'm trying to yeah. make amends. It's not like you would repossess the the. the Theater that right. you bought, no legal. <laughs> you you know. wouldn't run it yourself and make more than that. No, it's, no, 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 it's none good. of that. No, no, it's a sunken investment. That's obviously. Right. obviously, it's lead time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm getting the lead out, baby. Bang, bang. <laughs> when I get when I get confused, I'm frustrated. I just start shooting. <laughs> hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, bang. <laughs> So none of that happens in the movie. Just no. To, to clarify. <laughs> <Just> to clarify. <laughs> the sentiment's there, but definitely it's, it's not. It's behind the, the scenes action. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
so dad follows him back to Hudo's house, and then he goes in, and his his fancy Asian man is there. Mm-hmm. And what happens, guys? This is the best part of the movie. Oh, my favorite part. Oh my god. It's uh, ice cream time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> time for a treat. And he he just pops in, right? Doesn't he just pop in and yeah. he's got slashes all over him? Yeah, yeah. With his shirt off, and he's right. like, "You made the you bought the movie here, and it really sucks." <laughs> and, uh, and he's like. <laughs> And it's the Norman Reedus is like, why don't you have a shirt? Like he's he's just looking at him in like disbelief. First Godfather Part Three. Now this <laughs> film sucks. <laughs> you people are weird. And then he decide. Uh, uh, Hudo's manservant decides that he's done wa- looking at stuff. <laughs> so I've he- had enough of all this seeing shit. <laughs> yeah, this sense is. I'm finished with it. Yeah. So he proceeds to jam a knife into his eye yeah. while like kind of screaming. But also taking some sort of pleasure in it, I guess. I, I yeah, I guess there was satisfaction. I think he was trying to subdue himself because he didn't want to seem like overly excited, even about the like physical dismemberment or, or disfiguration. I guess. Yeah. Like he was in pain, but he just wanted them to know that it's all his fault that this happened, and he's not really enjoying it at all. Yeah, he took the time to let Norman Reedus know that yeah. it's uh, it's his fault. And, and then like, now you excuse, stabbed his other eye. Now, excuse me. Yeah, oh my God, that was the best. He proceeds to go to his other it's eye. Like 20 minutes. 20 minutes in between eyes, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And Norman Reedus just saunters past him yeah, afterwards like, a, oh, you know, I've seen a lot of weird shit this week, so this is not, this is the least of the weird things. At least he's not trying to uh, stab his, my eyes Stick his fingers in yeah. his eye holes. <laughs> you know, I, I love foreign holes and bodies, so if you'll excuse me, I'm going to just poke around in here for a moment (laughs) what does it look like yeah tell me what you see (laughs) (laughs) so uh he walks in and hudo is struggling next to the film reel and he looks up and he goes oh you missed the good part yeah oh my god now what is he doing there not what he's actually doing but what do we know that he's actually doing this is the the audience is only left to, to assume there's one thing happening behind that projector he has lusted for this film for so long <laughs> that he's finally consummating it behind the projector <laughs> his acting is all can only be transcribed by by pornography exactly right. essentially that's right he's like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you're like what is he enjoying back he's there he's thoroughly enjoying one of the the holes in the film yeah <laughs> and, I, and then i started the cigarette burns if you will it became clear to me why the chinese guy started poking his eyes out because he didn't want to see his master <laughs> doing the du- going, doing the going dirty to, going to town on this reel <laughs> oh. so he, for the record again that didn't happen he wasn't fucking the rich <laughs> If we're present, you could pretty much assume that most of the things that come out of our mouths, yeah, it's all satire of some sort. So, uh, so yes. he's literally gutting himself and sticking yeah. his intestines on the reels, which is uh, absurd for sure. Yeah, that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like they just keep on spinning. Like it's used to flat things, but we'll put some sausages in it. It'll go just fine. Yeah, yeah. not and, like it's got uh, some uh, pliability or, or uh, fragility it's to all it. Good. No. So, I mean, that part was kind of the height of the movie for me, though, yeah. was when he's, like, gutting himself. I thoroughly enjoyed that. He's just all mm-hmm. sweaty, and he's like, oh. And, oh, my uh, God. Yeah. He turns it on, and then it's like, here goes your guts, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he just rolls them on out. That's it. <laughs> Roll um, out the barrel. <laughs> the barrel of fire. <laughs> 
<laughs> so then we get to see part of the movie, which apparently plays through his intestines. Right. And... Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that when we were watching. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, here's the movie. Yep. But it's in <laughs> him. It movie was inside time. him the whole time. That's right. Just it's like any the, inspirational it's exactly story. Exactly right. It's like any good epic story. Yeah. It's it, like D two, the Mighty Ducks. The power was inside you the whole time. Power is yours, <laughs> Amelia <And>, Westavez. Uh, <laughs> so the the movie is it starts with somebody's nails getting like pulled out as they try and climb up the wall. Presumably the the angels, mm-hmm. and then there's like people sawing off the angels' wings, and there's a girl who's like dry humping a wall with their boobies out yeah so i'm presuming that's the devil if i had to guess if they said the devil produced it i'm assuming they co-starred too yeah, yeah they, so, they must want to be on film so right. he's like yeah, gotta a get, movie gotta get those Moi? credits <laughs> <laughs> this is french remember don't mind if i do yeah. <laughs> france is my favorite debauchery city <laughs> um so then there's a cigarette burn and his girlfriend comes out of the tv and at this point his girlfriend's dad's there and he's like pointing the gun at him. He's like, I'm going crazy. I'm going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the girlfriend comes out and she just bites him. Yeah, yeah so they're trying to eat him. his neck or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It She's was, like, I'm like, covered in she, blood. Yeah, whatever. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm too. hungry and bites him. And it's the least climactic. Yeah. death of a character like it was set up to be so dramatic and she's just like hum, nom 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 yep that's it yep. <laughs> yeah but does but it's all an illusion right because he because he like pops out of it like norma Reedus snaps him out of it he's like hey I, don't forget you're trying to shoot me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. let's get back to this yeah and then when i how does he i forget how does he die does, does he die um, i don't norman even know Reedus punches him to death on the oh ground. that's right yeah, yeah. he beats the hell out of him yeah yeah, yeah so that's he right. Punches his head a bunch while it's on the ground, and that guy dies. And then he sticks a gun in his mouth, and Norman Reedus is like, "Well, I'm off to the Walking Dead," and he shoots himself. In <laughs> yep, the head. that's it. <laughs> yep. And uh, the the guy with his eyes gouged out turns out to be the real MVP of the movie. Mm-hmm. He calls over to the angel and he gives him the key, and the angel uh, takes the film, and he's like. Hey, thanks. And he leaves, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm so, t- I was so tired of spinning around. You don't, oh, I can't imagine how nauseous I became. He's over like these stumbling years. down the hall because he's all dizzy. <laughs> he doesn't know what it's like to be. He's got his sea legs still. <laughs> and he's like, thanks, Norman. I can finally go home. And Except then- I can't fly there, so I got to take uh, United. And you know what they do on United flights? <laughs> I'm about to lose some more limbs. <laughs> beat the hell out of me. And after the credits, he comes back and he. Rips his wings off the wall. It's like, <laughs> fucking forgot these. Shit. <laughs> so, uh, what did you guys think of the movie overall, though? I I, uh, I definitely thought it was wonderful. I enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it more than some of the previous films. Yes. Um, there, was, there was just enough of a cheese factor, and there was just enough of, uh, I would say, the ninth gaith factor uh, that, that was sort of injected into the whole thing. Uh, I think Johnny Depp was proud of of Norman Reedus's performance, <laughs> even though uh, his movie came after this. <laughs> it's inspiring, you know. It inspired him, uh, but but yeah, it. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a it was a neat little uh, tie around, and it was classic John Carpenter. I think it was like where he he had an interesting concept. He was like, all right, this is going to be a good idea, and then John Carpenter was like, you know what? I really love film. And then we got this movie. I just love me some film. That's it. Yep. 
Yeah, that was my thoughts. I think that I, I as well as Matt, I enjoyed this movie, movie or episode a lot. I felt that its strongest suit was in the first two acts. It was it, the suspense was built so wonderfully. Yeah, and I think John Carpenter's just that's his strength. He's he can build suspense and have that uh, kind of like anxiety slowly creeping in with a really interesting original concept. Mm-hmm. You know, taking and the whole the whole meta of it kind of like interacting with the the audience as you. In the third act, this is my criticism with some John Carpenter films, it just kind of falls apart. The the flimsy character, like emotional character connection with uh, Norman Reedus' girlfriend mm-hmm. being like dead and the guilt, it wasn't given enough time to, I guess, yeah. get, make you feel similarly. Right. It didn't, they didn't flesh that out enough. Yeah. It, it, in a way, this movie was good as being just like this one episode, but in another in another respect i feel like if they had more time to expand on it it could have been fleshed out better mm-hmm. and had really like paid off in the end yeah. i didn't like that his version of it like you know it's been built up it, they really built up what this movie was going to do to people and the fact that he just decided to like kill himself as some kind of weird resolution like you know she can't rest if i'm still alive th- worrying about her and thinking about her like it seemed a little bit like not Trite. <laughs> yes, it was tr- exactly. It was a perfect word. It was yeah. tr- it was trite as hell, and the, there was no impact for that to me. I just yeah. was like, uh, it was like the Chinese guy. I mean, he he had the same kind of death, right? Like yeah. Norman Reedus is like, I'm yeah. done. See yeah. ya. The end. So that 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 kind of was a criticism, but overall, I'd give it like a strong eight for sure. Mm-hmm. I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, I liked it a lot too, and um, but you're right that like. If it was a two-hour movie, this movie would have been the shit, or yeah. it would have been terrible because they had too much time on their hands. Right. But yeah, like, that it did fall apart. Like third, if it's a five-act movie, the third-ish, fourth-ish act, especially when he like goes to visit the dude's wife, and they're just like, "Here's an easy solution, mm-hmm. bam." Like, yeah. That could have definitely been way more drawn out and made cool. But, yeah. Um, so the reason that these movies came about, which I just learned about, this is the last episode and I'm talking about it. I should have said this in the first episode. Yeah, you build that suspense like JC. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently all of the people who did these movies, they go out every month for like a horror, Masters of Horror brunch. Oh, Oh, wow. And, uh, the guy who created it, Mick Garris, he basically said, if I can get the funding for this, do you guys want to do an anthology with me? And John Landis was like, no, I do, or, I do not want to do that. Or, I'm sorry, not John Landis, John Carpenter. Oh, John Carpenter was, I was gonna like, say, no, yeah. John Landis is like, I'm in a very litigious situation right now with this Twilight Zone movie where I killed a bunch of people. So, so I don't even get me started on another film. <laughs> His is actually very funny. It's called Dear Woman. But mm. John Carpenter was like, no, I don't want to do this. And uh, Mick Harris was like, look, I got the money. Will you please, please just do this for me? Right. And so uh, <laughs> I'll suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want, baby, just please. Yeah. John Carpenter said, "I really didn't feel like making this movie. I'm old. I don't feel like doing it. I don't want to stand around and make a movie. I don't want to do it anymore." But he asked so nicely. I said, "All right." <laughs> so that's, that's how this movie came about. Was he was just like, "If you're gonna twist my arm, I guess I'll do it." Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. I, I mean, that's that's cool that he like kind of became a part of it because I feel like it was a very strong offering from even in John Carpenter's 
catalog. Mm-hmm. There's some definite definite stinkers in there with John Carpenter's like filmography. Sure. And I say this as a avid John Carpenter fan. Mm-hmm. I love his like certain movies of his. But yeah, this was a good, it was a good offering from him. It's lucky that he did. He was like, all right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had said that like they gave him a pile of scripts, and this one stood out like crazy. Like this was obviously the best choice, and he loved the script. And then later, after he made the movie, he's like, "This is ridiculous. It's such a stupid premise. Why would the movie kill you? It's so stupid." So <laughs> that was like how he ended his interview. Was he was like. And I hate this. This is awful. Like, he said all this. He said all this nice shit about him before, and then at the end, he was just like, "I'm cranky. It's time for me to have a nap." That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not time. Where's my cigarette? <laughs> I saw the word cigarette in the script, and I said, "This, this one's mine." Like, Stop yeah. here. I like this the best. <laughs> so, uh, for these movies, I've been giving them pluses and minuses. Originally, I thought if I have more minuses than pluses, I was going to get rid of the box set, but I hate to break up a box set, so yeah. I'm definitely going to keep it. Good. But what do you guys think? Cigarette burns, plus or minus? Oh, big plus for That's me. a plus, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a plus. For sure. Yeah. Alrighty, audience. I want to thank you guys for hanging in with me for this whole month and listening to these episodes. And I remembered a lot more of these being good than there were. Like a lot more that were good. Nostalgia lens is a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is. I was like 14 when I watched all these, so it's it's been a minute. So yeah, uh, things have changed. I've grown. I'm not super into terrible movies anymore, but uh, I think this is a good way to cap off the Halloween episode. Matt and Matt, what do you guys want to plug? I'm going to release this at midnight on Halloween, which I think might be... Then, oh, then you've just then you've missed just, our You show. just missed the most wonderful show you could ever see on Halloween. Actually, this is cool because we can talk about this freely. Like yeah. we're, we're keeping this a secret. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. I, I'm gonna, I'm, by that, I mean like 12.01 a.m. Halloween has just started. Oh, oh, oh then, then there's it's, still time. There's time, my there's friends. Time. Get your ass over to. I wish we could send the link. We'll go to our socials. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you're gonna link it through that, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Go to so, our social so, media on so Prince check, Diamond. Sec, check Prince Diamond's Facebook page, Prince Diamond's Instagram page. Uh, Prince Diamond doesn't have a YouTube page, but it'll be there'll be a YouTube link. Basically, uh, it'll be out there everywhere that we have Prince Diamond things. Uh, we will be doing a special Halloween live stream. Uh, of a Prince Diamond show since we can't uh, do it, you know, live uh, anywhere that we normally would. So yeah, uh, not, not in person, but virtual. We're doing virtual a virtual show. live stream show. It's going to be uh, very in depth. Full tilt. We, yeah, we not, I went no, all out. Yeah, stops are pulled. I bought the whole professional lighting rigs, and uh, we're setting the whole thing up. We've got 4K cameras for the whole thing, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the real deal. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Uh, it's gonna be fun, and uh, it's gonna be well worth it to uh, to watch watch the live stream. And there'll be a little uh, little little uh, bow at the end of the whole That's thing. Right. Yeah, to cool. tie it up with a fancy new sparkly thing. So go on your John Carpenter will be there. John Carpenter. John, JC's will, yep. coming. He's just gonna walk through <laughs> past the cameras. Smoking a cigarette. That's going to be it. Yep. <laughs> There'll be a cigarette burn on the film at That's one right, point. Yeah. You'll see it. <laughs> yeah, so watch our live stream. Yeah, no matter what you're doing, this is what I like about what we're doing is that uh, with this live stream, mm-hmm. you can you can have a party, you can 
have your friends over. You can do whatever it is Halloween related that you want to do. You can Just sit at home and smoke cigarettes. Smoke <laughs> cigarette and try to be an inspired to be a great filmmaker. That's it. And, you know, produce a film with the devil. That's right. Whatever you, you want to do. But you just play this thing in the background, you know, blast it. It's That's just, it. it's going to be spooky and yep. it can just accompany whatever you're doing. That's the ticket. So watch it and check it out. Yeah. Let us know what you think. That's right. And if you don't like it, yeah. don't let us know what you think. Don't, yeah, don't say anything. We don't want to hear criticism. <laughs> That's right. We can't take it. Our hearts are too fragile. <laughs> yes, too much. Yeah, too much for our fragile hearts. But yes, that's what we want to plug. Uh, the, uh, the the Prince Diamond show that is happening today. Right on. And uh, you guys are do a podcast too if you want to talk about that. Oh yeah, we do. We we uh, It's terrible. We, <laughs> <laughs> that you can tell us how bad it is. We're, we're yeah. well aware of it. We talk about welcome, ourselves all the time. Yeah, we do a show called The Kickstart with Matt and Matt. Uh, it involves uh, myself and someone else named Matt. Uh, whoever that person ends up being. Usually it's the Matt here across the table. <laughs> it's always the Matt across the table. Uh, sometimes we have Chris on uh, and he messes everything up. But uh, ultimately, we, we basically we sit around and just talk about nonsense uh, and then usually make fun of ourselves for not having anything to talk about. And then the second half is where it really takes off. Uh, yeah, we, do, we, we talk about structure. all the weird things, the weird news uh, for the week. But that's that's basically our show. We've been doing it for very, very long time. Uh, yeah, at least a decade. Yeah, we have way more than 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's been around for a while and uh, we've, you know, it's it's been resurrected what in the past three years two years yeah, it's consistent yeah, so that, that we got a finally fair catalog so, now but yeah so but that's it that's our that's our podcast the kickstart with matt and matt uh and if you if you like this you interaction can get here, it on yeah exactly you can get it and why would you but uh you can right. get it uh you can get it on <laughs> spotify you can get it on itunes you can get it on anywhere that you normally get your podcast play it from lawnmowers you can play it from your lawnmower if your lawnmower has bluetooth it you know whatever whatever you've got <laughs> we could probably play through it so fantastic well thank you guys for doing this with me oh yeah very welcome man (laughs) that's great i really enjoy like checking out these other films and and everyone we've suggested that we've been on so far are ones i have not gotten around to seeing yet so it gives me good excuses to see stuff you know and i always enjoy it It's, it's definitely a good concept and you know, kudos to you for having a great concept for a show. Yeah, absolutely. Much better than ours. That's Trust right. Me. Way better. Way yeah. better. Way better idea. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, this is so sweet, you guys. Well, uh, audience, happy Halloween. I guess we'll sign off here. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I hope you're enjoying the October episodes where we talk about the Masters of Horror. I just want you to know if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. On Twitter, I'm at the discdump. On Instagram, discdumppodcast. Facebook, the discdump podcast page. Or you can join the discdump podcast fans group and start the discussion. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you guys for listening. Have a googly Halloween.